0: All right, and welcome to this week's episode of the Total Dream Life Project. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert, and I am excited to have you here today. Um, I don't know if you listened to last week's podcast yet. It was a big one. Like I said, I bit off way more than I could chew, so we're going to get more into that this week. Uh, If I sounded like a raving lunatic, I'm sorry, but the more I learn about plastics, and especially microplastics the more it is blowing my mind. Um, Yeah, it's a big problem. We'll talk about that a bit more in a second. But first, what is new in my world? Um, Yeah, pretty chill week, you know, adjusting back to being in the States after the trip to Europe. Uh, Still loving the trip to Europe, having a lot of very fond memories. It was exciting to get back to therapy last night. I hadn't been in a couple weeks, so it was cool to connect with the therapist and check back in. Um, Yeah. Continue to see a lot of benefits from that. So if that's something you're interested in or you have questions about, uh, reach out to me or, you know, look at, you know, talk to your friends, talk to your family. Um, You know, it can be a big help for people. Uh, What else is going on? What else is going on? Uh, We got a new couch from Burrow. Um, Very excited about it. We have, we're big fans. We loved our old couch, but we wanted something a little bit more. That we could spread out on that we could sit on together my partner and i are both very tall humans so having a big couch uh will facilitate us being able to sit on it together so we're very excited about that but shout out to burrow you know it was very easy for me to put together by myself um did not love the experience of how they shipped it but we got it and it worked so i'm not going to complain too much and the quality of the couch is amazing. It looks super cute uh, and it is very comfortable uh, for people to be on. So brave new couch world for us. Let's see what else is going on. Uh, seems like there's a mini revival of COVID happening here in New York City. Uh, a couple friends have come down with it recently. Seems like there's a bit of an uptick. So make sure you are taking care of yourself. This is the time of the year when our vitamin D levels start to recline, er, recede uh, and our stores start to run out and the sun is no longer intense enough in the Northeast for us to make it naturally. So it's time to start supplementing with a good quality vitamin D product. Um, yeah. And you're probably late if you haven't started already. So get to it today, immediately. Uh, order yourself some vitamin D. What else? Oh would you believe that this is episode 38 of the total dream life project so i did some math some calculations uh just got the report back 38 is two-thirds of the way to 52 52 episodes is going to mark a full year of us doing this so we are cruising along it's crazy to think uh and very exciting. thank you all who have been along for all their part of the journey Uh, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking, subscribing, reviewing, all the things that make the podcast gods happy. Um, I rarely check, but I assume you're doing it. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Quick sports recap. Hockey's back, baby. Uh, We went to the Devils game on Friday. It was dope. Uh, They didn't win, but it was still a lot of fun. You know, and hockey's a long season, so it's not like football. Uh, You gotta give it a little bit of time to shake out and see what's going on, but it seems like the reviews for the Devils are positive, so let's get it. Um, The Eagles lost their first game to the Jets. I happen to be at that game as well. Um, I might stop going to Eagles games in person. I don't remember the last time I went to one that they won, but it was still a lot of fun. For the majority of the game, it was pretty good. It got a little, um, you know less good towards the end but we had a ton of fun and it was a really cool experience got to go on the field uh which was like a once in a lifetime experience and very cool to be on uh let's see let's see anything else oh going to i'm doing a lot of sports this week so i'm going to the liberty game tonight it is game four of the WNBA championship the liberty are down one to two games against the dreaded las vegas aces uh looking to stay alive tonight win tonight if they can do that they go back to las vegas which might be a problem for them but it will be exciting um so hopefully we get a good turnout and i will see you there if you're going to be at the match and last but certainly not least the philadelphia phillies are having a moment uh stayed up a little bit last night to watch them win 10-0 against the arizona diamondbacks very exciting um now the series is going to shift to arizona so we'll see what happens home field advantage is definitely a thing for the phillies uh citizens bank park is off the chain uh but it's been a lot of fun to watch their games they're a fun team they're a colorful team uh they have a lot of characters so that's been a good time always fun um yeah other things are good we'll talk about them later i got a ton of stuff to talk about on this week's episode so let's get into it without further ado this week we're focusing on microplastics welcome to another episode of the total dream life podcast with me your host dr. Thomas Dickard i'm a chiropractor meditation teacher entrepreneur and lover of life and i'm excited to have you join me for this week's episode Alright and welcome to this week's episode, episode 38, and this week we're diving deeper into microplastics. Last week we talked pretty broadly about plastics, um, I underestimated the size and the scope of the problem, and like I said in the intro, this is really melting my brain, people, um, The more I learn about it, the more I read about it, the more I think about the potential effects on the individual human, human society, human as a species. Um, This is a major problem. I keep thinking back to, like, you know, the stories about ancient Rome doing themselves in because they were drinking out of lead cups and poisoning themselves. The only difference here is it's not just an American problem. It's not just a European problem or a Chinese problem or an African problem. This is a worldwide problem. It's affecting everyone and we're going to talk about that. So without further ado, let's dive right in. So microplastics, quick recap. A Microplastic is a tiny piece of plastic that was either made that way or broke down or got ripped or torn or shredded or decomposed. and became smaller than about five millimeters. There's also something called nanoplastics. Uh, I think last week I might have miscorrectly said that a nanoplastic is less than one millimeter. It's actually less than one nanometer. So a millimeter's pretty small. A nanometer is much, much, much smaller. Uh, what we're gonna find out today is that nano, nanoparticles of plastic are even more scary because they're small enough to really get into the depths of our body to get into the cells, to get into the tissues, to really affect us on a genetic and cellular level, which is crazy. Um, so microplastics, so for the point and purposes of this, when I say microplastics, I mean microplastics and nanoplastics. I'll specify if I'm talking about one particular, but just know that if I say one, I'm talking about all tiny pieces of plastic. So these ma- my, so these uh, micro particles of plastic um these microplastics are uh very dangerous they affect animal life they affect human life they're a very real and possible cause of disease in humans and animals they are virtually impossible to remove from the environment once they're in the environment so our only hope is to prevent them from getting into the environment they can exist as fragments of plastic films of plastic fibers of plastic they can exist as foams those foams you see on the ocean Uh, Very often are full of plastics, not just, you know, dead mermaids. It's also plastic waste. Uh, So very concerning. Various chemical agents are used in the production of plastic. We talked about this last week, but there's a bunch of different types of plastic and they all use different chemical compositions and they all have their unique boutique little additives and fixers and stabilizers and, you know, all the fun little isers that you can think of are in plastics and it's very um it's it's very random you know every there's so many different combinations of chemicals in different plastics uh some are safe some we don't know some we know are not safe uh So, various chemical agents used in the production of different plastics are known to be endocrine disruptors. So, that means they affect your hormones. They can disrupt the hormone function in your body, which can lead to cancer. It can lead to fertility issues. It can lead to metabolic disorders, you know, weight gain and trouble like that. Uh, Developmental disorders in children, both mental and physical developmental disorders, big problem. Uh, that has been relate, or linked back to these different chemical agents. It can also lead to reproductive or- disorders. We all know people that have had issues with infertility, uh, miscarriages, or uh, had children that were born with congenital malformations, and a lot of this can be traced back to chemical agents and chemical contamination in the environment and in our bodies. And plastics can also carry heavy metals and environmental pollutants into our body. So the microplastics can have um, things piggyback on them like lead, like, uh, pollution, like different bacteria and viruses, uh, microplastics, it's theorized can be a major vector of disease getting into our body. So this is going to be a dark episode. Uh, I'll try to keep it light, but, um, yeah, this is not one that's going to be that uplifting. So trigger alert. I probably should have done that five minutes ago. Uh, this is going to be a heavy episode. So. How do plastics get into the environment? How, where are these microplastics coming from? So they tested tap water all around the world, and 81% of the tap water had microplastics in it. The majority of these microplastics were microfibers from textiles, from things like that. Uh, 93%, so you think, okay, cool, I just won't drink tap water. Well, 93% of bottled water, bottled water that they tested has uh, microplastic contamination in it. Uh, and a lot of that could come from the plastic bottle that the water is in. Um, washing clothes is a huge source of microplastics. It estimates that textiles are responsible for 35% of the plastic in the ocean. The plastic pollution in the ocean, 35% of it most likely comes from our clothing and washing it. Uh, we're going to talk more about that. So, plastic products, plastic bottles, plastic cards, plastic things, uh, you know, electronics, um, All of these things can contribute to plastic waste and microplastics in the environment. Worn tires. So our tires, as we're driving down the street, are kicking off little bits and little particles and little microplastics all the time. Um, city dust if you live in a city there's more microplastics in the environment to breathe in because it's just flowing around in more concentrated amounts in in dust and debris Uh, you know like when the street sweeper comes by or when the wind blows and kicks up all the dust Uh, a lot of that is plastic road paint is another major source of microplastics so the worn tire as it drives over the (laughs) Road paint is kicking off microplastics from the tire. It's kicking off mi- microplastics from, from the paint on the road. We're getting it from every direction. Uh, ships kick off a lot of plastic. Cleaning products can have plas- microplastics in them uh, or can release microplastics from the plastic of the bottle. Uh, uh, microplastics uh, micro are more concentrated inside of your home and they're less concentrated outside, but they're still present outside. We're still getting them outside. It's just like a lot of other pollution. Inside the home, if you don't have good airflow, if you're not filtering, you're going to have a higher concentration. So in 2020, uh, the, uh, there was an Australian study. And like this just blew my mind. But what they estimate from the study is that there could be between 9.25 and 15.86 million tons of plastic waste on the ocean floor let that sink in for a second. The ocean floor is covered in plastic. Last week, we talked about all the plastic that's floating on the top of the ocean. We didn't think about the plastic that gets down to the bottom. There's millions of tons uh, of plastic on the ocean floor. It's covering the entire ocean floor. Like we said, it's all the way down in the trenches. Um, A New York Times report said that there's basically 18 to 24 shopping bags full of microplastics for every foot of coastline on every continent except Antarctica. So anywhere you are in the inhabited world, if you go to the beach and stand in a square foot of sand, you're standing on 18 to 24 shopping bags full of microplastics. It's already everywhere. It's in everything. It's in us. It's in the food we eat. Um, yeah. And it's spreading. So a lot of animals that are further down the food chain than us end up consuming it, right? So bivalves are a huge source. So bivalves are things like oysters or clams or things that you are eating whole, right? Muscles, things like this. Because when we eat those things, we're eating their organs. And the organs tend to be where the microplastics collect. So bivalves are a huge vector for microplastics in human. But shellfish, cephalopods, crustaceans, bigger fish, um, they all have been found to have huge amounts of microplastics and plastic waste in their bodies. And often, with the smaller microplastics, it gets into their tissues, it gets into their organs, and when we eat these animals, we're eating it. So then it's in our tissues. um, And it can accumulate... Here's the craziest part. it accumulates in plankton. so plankton is like the main little food for the entire ocean. either if you live in the ocean, you either eat plankton or you eat something that eats plankton. so and then we eat the things that eat the plankton. So anything that you're eating out of the ocean most likely has microplastics in it and they're getting into your body um, you know they can actually, they're finding that like different uh, fruits and vegetables are having microplastics that they're absorbing through the soil and getting into the flesh of the fruit and the vegetable. So there's another vector where we could be eating on a regular basis. So it's not as simple as saying, fine, I'm not going to eat fish. I'm not going to eat, you know, uh, animal products because it's also getting into your plant products and you're also breathing it all the time. Um, you know, primarily. The way they get into us is through plastic products. So we have packaging containers for food, for um, electronics, for whatever got shipped to us from Amazon. Uh, Decomposing materials, meaning plastic waste in the environment as it breaks down very slowly over hundreds and thousands of years, it's releasing microplastics. Um, Fishing nets that are left in the ocean. And are breaking down abandoned fishing nets, fishing nets on the bottom of the floor um, of the ocean. You know, textiles like we said, textiles is one of the biggest ones. Personal hygiene products, we talked last week about uh, proactive, which, if you remember, used microbeads as a scrubber and like an exfoliator. Well, now microbeads are illegal pretty much in the entire world. Um, paint fragments, paint is constantly wearing down and chipping off. Uh, Whether from road paint, inside the house paint, building paint, art paint, it's everywhere. Um, Let's see, agricultural fertilizers. So they're finding microplastics in fertilizer, and then when we put the fertilizer on the farm, uh, it can stay in the ground for up to 15 years as it slowly just gets released into the environment, uh, both as like an aerosol kind of floating particles, and then also as the rain comes down and washes it into our water supplies. So, like I said, 15 years it can stay in the ground as it's releasing into the atmosphere. It's in our food. It's in wild seafood, farm seafood. They're finding it in sea salt. Like, one of the major ways humans are ingesting microplastics is from using salt from the sea. So if you want an advertisement for Himalayan pink salt, that salt from the Himalayas is from oceans that were there millions of years ago before the Himalayas formed. So that was before plastics existed. I think the only salt that we can make an argument that could be potentially plastic free would be Himalayan sea salt. Uh, So I'm very excited that that's the salt we use. (laughs) It's in the water, it's in our water supplies, it's in our water bottles, it's in our tap water. Um, we're inhalate or we're inhaling it. Um, They do something in agriculture where they take like big tarps and they put it over the ground to like protect the soil or trap in moisture um, or reflect some sunlight from the things as they're growing. Well, all of those agricultural films break down over time. And if they rip off and blow away, well now they're plastic waste. That's just in the environment. And over time they break down into fibers Um, fibers from our clothes, fibers. Uh, So any artificial synthetic fibers you use when you wash them, when you dry them, little bits of fibers are breaking off and those are contributing to plastic waste. Um, Oh my God, this is going to be crazy. So when you're at the ocean and you're standing in the sand and you're looking at the waves crashing on the shore and you're having this peaceful, serene, loving moment, what you're not thinking about is as the waves crash, it makes a spray, a mist of ocean water that's full of microplastic it's everywhere the tires we already talked about from our cars from our trucks and things like that um and like i mentioned before it tends to be higher concentration of microplastics in the air in cities because there's more people there's more um consolidation it tends to be more dense there and then inside even more dense so if you are inside an apartment in the city that is like a triple whammy um medical supplies you know tubing um uh things they inject different uh gloves different masks masks is a huge one do you know any population of humans that have been wearing masks i do um yeah all those masks are made out of plastic fibers and those plastic fibers break down in the trash they break they break off on the way to the recycling plant or the landfill and we're inhaling them <laughs> we've been wearing it on our face for the last four years um it's getting crazy uh, i'm sure by the end of this i'm going to sound like a raving lunatic so i will apologize in advance uh it, so little sidebar they study microplastics, and they try to study the effects that microplastics have on people. Um, And when they do this in a lab, they use scientific protocols. So they want to use a standard type of microplastic. So they're using very uniform little balls of microplastic to see how those microplastics might affect animals, plants, humans, that sort of thing. The problem is, in the real world, it's not all little balls from the old bottles of Proactive. It's little shards, little fibers, little triangles, little daggers, little balls, little squares, all the different shapes and sizes and chemical compositions you can think of. So any studies that we're doing in labs are very limited as to one shape and one chemical composition. So we're not even sure how these things are interacting with us when we're getting, you know, if you have a handful of microplastics and it has a thousand different types of plastic in there that have a thousand different chemical compositions, we have no clue how any of that interacts with anything. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about what we do now. So uh, the point being of that side note is just even the studies we have are incomplete because of the way we do our studies. Um, not a knock on how we do our studies. It's just in the wild, it is much wilder. Um, so where in our bodies do they accumulate? A few years ago, scientists did a study to see if they could find microplastics in human blood. 80% of the people that they tested had microplastics in their blood. Half of those plastics um, were from plastic that was commonly used in plastic bottle manufacturing. A third of the plastics they found were from uh, commonly used materials for to-go containers. A quarter of the plastics were commonly used in making plastic bags. So plastic bottles, to-go containers, and plastic bags Do you know anyone who uses any of those three products? I do. All right. So what they proved with their study was that microplastics are capable of entering the human body and accumulating in the blood. And this raises the potential for them accumulating in organs. And they've actually found some organs like the lungs, uh, the placenta of babies, where they've seen accumulation of microplastics. Uh, Once they accumulate in our body, then they can travel through our lymph system. They end up in our spleen, in our liver, um, and this can be very problematic over time, especially problematic for people that have diseases of certain organs, because diseased organs tend to accumulate even more microplastics because they're not healthy, because they're not as effective at cleaning out themselves and maintaining themselves. And we don't know what this does. <laughs> we don't know how this is going to affect our health in the long term. Um, we didn't even realize this was happening until a couple years ago. But plastics have been around since the 1950s. I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but, like, we've already, you know, the amount of plastics we've made in the last 73 years is staggering. But good news, it's expected to double by 2040. So every year, we're making more and more plastic, which doesn't break down, which we can't effectively recycle, so it eventually gets into our atmosphere, where it breaks down, gets into our food, gets into us, and then we don't know what happens. Stay tuned. Um... So, like we said, it can affect multiple organs in our body. It can also affect multiple systems in our body. It can affect our gastrointestinal system. It can cause irritation of the lining of your uh, gut. Um, It can affect your microbiome. It can throw the balance of the bacteria in your gut out. Um, If there's chemicals, it can severely alter your gut. Um, So pain, bloating, um, irregular bowel movements or inconsistent bowel movements can all be affected by the health of the microbiome, which can be directly affected by the microplastics you're ingesting every day. Uh, Your respiratory system. We're breathing in plastics all the time. They're getting into our lungs. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, They're getting into our lungs. They're causing oxidative stress. They are actually... So nanoplastics have been shown to be able to attach to your red blood cells. Why is that important? Well, your red blood cells is essentially a little donut that carries oxygen from your lungs to your body. And your red blood cells have four little um, sites where an oxygen molecule can attach to. And in most people, two or three of these blood, or each blood cell will carry two or three oxygen molecules. Well, the microplastics have been shown that they can get into that little spot and take the space that an oxygen molecule would be in. So over time, this can affect how effectively your body is getting oxygen to the tissues. That doesn't sound good. Um, Let's see. So this is crazy, but they've shown that microplastics and nanoplastics in your lung tissue can actually damage the mitochondria, which means we're now messing with our DNA. It can affect the parts of our cells that are writing new DNA for new cells or writing DNA Uh, We talked about epigenetics. This is a major thing that's either turning on those switches for disease or turning off those switches for disease. Um, This is a huge stress for our cells, for our tissues, and for their proper function. It can also affect your endocrine system. We talked about that. It can affect the reproductive system. It can affect your immune system. When these particles get into your cells, they can trigger immune responses, which can lead to uh, chronic inflammation. It can exacerbate different conditions like autoimmune diseases. This is affecting us in every way possible. And there's some concern that uh, nanoplastics might actually be able to cross the blood-brain barrier. We've never talked about the blood-brain barrier, I don't think, but it explains what it is. There's a barrier between your blood and your brain that certain tissue or that certain things can't pass through. And this is a protective thing to keep, um, viruses, bacteria and stuff like that out of our brain. Cause our brain is very important. Well, it may be getting full. It may be getting full of microplastics. Uh, so this is very scary stuff. More research is required. Um, in lab testing, they've, you know, they've run tests in labs, uh, a on the amount of microplastics consistent with how much uh, humans consume on an average basis. So, how much microplastics are we consuming? That's a good question. Uh, if you look at it, it seems pretty likely that most humans are um, absorbing, I want to say that it was about five milligrams a week, or five grams a week of, hold on one second. All right, I just want to make sure I got that number right. Uh, or not the number, but the unit of measurement. So, On average, each human is consuming five grams of microplastics a week. Oh, that doesn't sound like so much. How much is five grams? You're basically eating a credit card every week. That's how much five grams is. So when we do studies on what might be happening to a human that has a credit card worth of plastic in their body every week... The microplastics have been shown to cause cell death, to trigger and exacerbate allergic reactions, they can damage the cell walls, that's a huge problem. Your cells in your body are essentially little water balloons, and the cell wall is the balloon. You know it doesn't take much damage to a water balloon for the water balloon to pop or for the water to start leaking out, that's happening to your cells. You know, when little tiny shards of plastic get in there, they can actually just stab the cell. It's crazy. Um, so again, triggers infl- inflammatory responses. It can inf- interfere with other cell activities, cell communication, cell reproduction. Um, you know, these things are shown to be precursors to other health episodes. So it could it could possibly contribute to chronic inflammation, to genotoxicity. Genotoxicity is epigenetic damage that can cause mutations and potentially lead to cancer in the cells. Uh, it can exacerbate or cause chronic diseases like heart disease, vascular disease, diabetes, cancer, lung disease. You know, at, you know. I promise you we're not going to turn this into the Total Dream Microplastic prod- podcast, but I could probably do like 10 episodes on this. It is crazy. Um, and to top it all off, we don't know how long microplastics stay in our body. There's no way to effectively protect ourselves. Babies and ch- and. Toddlers are more susceptible to particle uh, inhalation, to particle damage, and to toxic chemicals, so that's not good. Um, microplastics have been found in the placentas of human babies, which is essentially where they're getting all of their nutrition from when they're in the womb. Um, they have the potential to accumulate in our lungs and other organs. Uh, science has demonstrated that babies who are being fed formula through plastic bo- from plastic bottles are swallowing millions of particles per day. And it's just collecting inside of them as they're trying to grow and develop. Very scary stuff. Uh, Humans are exposed to several milligrams per day, adding up to that five grams per week. Um, And again, like we've talked about, microplastics are not inert. They are not unaffecting our body. They can leach chemicals. They can leach additives like plasticizers, stabilizers, all theizers. Um, They can have other toxic chemicals. They can interact with the chemicals from other formulas of plastic in ways we haven't predicted or haven't explored Um, it's unclear if our body can even eliminate them or how effectively it eliminates them we don't know if plastic gets eliminated in a week or if plastic takes a year to work its way through our system Um, you know we're i'm looking up to try and figure out if there's ways we can effectively detox from it Uh, but that'll be a whole different podcast so real quick before we wrap up i want to give you some more specific things um, to help reduce your exposure to plastic because at this point every little bit's going to help we're getting so much of this but obviously you want to look into your food you want to look into the food sources and try to find foods that are either less exposed to plastic or you know less contaminated with it and it's kind of crazy you know like i keep thinking back to like lead so like the the advice for eating seafood if you want to avoid lead contamination is like smaller fish have a higher metabolism they don't have as much lead in them as much bigger fish right we don't know if that's the case for uh plastics we don't know if smaller fish have more plastic in them we don't know we don't know so i'll come back to this we'll figure out more ways and we'll talk about it more feel free to reach out to me if you have any ideas When I say prioritize a plastic-free diet, I don't really know what that means at the moment, but we're going to figure it out. Uh, You want to transform your cooking space. You want to make sure that you are minimizing plastics in your kitchen, um, coatings on your cookware and things like that that could bring plastic into it. Everyone go get a green pan, like be cooking on ceramic. Let's get away from plastics. Um, The majority of plastic, over 40%, is used for packaging, packaging food, packaging um deliveries packaging um, products it's something you want to be really aware of so down the street from us, we have a place called precycle precycle's cool it sells products that are not that don't have any plastic packaging in them that is a one in a billion one in a million type of store at the moment like you go to ninety nine percent of stores and there 's plastic everywhere so you want to try and be aware of that in a way that's within your means and within your ability um, you know plastic takeout you want to try to avoid that when you can the problem is some places in new york it's not legal for me to bring in my metal container and ask the chinese food place to put my food into that they have to put it in the packaging that they have um so we need to change the laws we need to make a way that you can go in maybe buffet style or something with your own container i don't know we're not fixing it today but start thinking about it maybe you'll come up with the idea um Avoid like the plague, single-use plastics, you know, cutlery, um, straws, things like that. Get away from them. Um, Avoid canned foods because a lot of canned foods are lined with plastics and that plastic is leaching into your food. Um, You want to try for a plastic-free personal care routine. Things are a lot better than they were in the 90s, but there's still a lot of plastic containers, a lot of plastic packaging, um, water filter we should probably all be filtering our tap water and then putting it into metal or uh, glass bottles stay away from the plastic bottles some of the really thicker denser plastics like the Nalgene's or the yetis are probably better they're going to have less plastic that breaks off compared to an evian bottle Um, you know but you want to be intentional about the plastic you use in your life you also want to choose natural fiber clothing Uh, but be aware that even natural fibers can contain chemical additives so if you're looking for natural fiber clothing like wool hemp cotton you also want to try and find ones that haven't been treated with chemicals so there's going to be a lot of work for us here uh do your laundry less often wash full loads hang dry the laundry on a line dry the laundry when possible um there are some products like filters or like a product like a guppy friend washing bag that you can um or certain balls you can throw into the laundry to help absorb and collect the plastics but even those are like we're talking about like stopping 30 percent of the plastic which is better than zero percent of the plastic but it doesn't seem like we're gonna filter our way out of this but it helps raise awareness and it is a little bit you know at the end of the day the individual is not solving this problem we need corporations to change we need governments to change it's going to take a while uh, but back to washing so spot clean your synthetic fibers when possible like For me personally, I can wear synthetic fibers for a very long time. They don't stink, they don't collect odors, um, so I wash them very rarely. You wanna wash as infrequently as possible for your synthetic fibers. Um, Air filters in the home, filters, filters, filters. We may not solve the problem, but we might help uh, protect our health a little bit with some filters. So you definitely, if you're in the city, or if you're in the country, but especially in the city, but also in the country, you wanna have air filters in your home. This is super important. Um, as a general side note, get outside. It's less dense out there, uh, less plastics. The deeper you get into nature, they're still there, but there's just less of them. Um, so those are some tips for helping to mitigate the effects of plastic in your life. Good luck. Godspeed. Um, as a personal note, as an aside, as we close up, I don't think it's possible to completely avoid plastics and microplastics plastics are everywhere they're foundational to our society uh no amount of wooden tote or reusable totes and wooden toothbrushes is going to save us it can help a little bit it can make us feel better about our contribution but um you know the best we can do in this situation is choose our battles try to control what uh we can in a way that's sustainable but still enjoyable like i'm still going to have takeout from time to time if i'm on if i'm getting onto an airplane I might need to grab a bottle of water. Like, Completely trying to solve this uh, problem in your personal life will drive you insane. You have to be intentional. You want to be flexible, but you also want to be patient with yourself, and you want to be kind to yourself. Um, It's our responsibility to try to improve this situation. It's not your personal responsibility to fix it for everyone. You can do the things you're comfortable with. You can do the things that resonate with you and that support you and allow you to live your life not completely stressed out and freaked out all the time. I'm giving you this information not to terrify you. I'm giving you this information to inform you and to let you know that we have a huge problem on our hands. Um, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if there is a solution. But I hope that you can take this information, make some positive changes in your life, maybe help improve your health a little bit, And also, maybe you're the person who comes up with the solution. Maybe you're the one who comes up with the idea that helps take fixing this to the next level. Um, Plastic is not going away tomorrow. In fact, it's going to get more and more intense. But we can be intentional. We can work to make change. Um, Yeah so reach out to me let me know what you thought about this episode let me know what you think about this issue let me know if you have any insights or observations anything you want to know more about anything i didn't cover uh let me check yeah this podcast has gone longer than expected so we're going to wrap it up have a great week um go Phillies. go liberty uh reach out to me on social let me know what you thought about this share it with somebody you think it might help um Get out there this week, get uncomfortable, stretch your comfort zone, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, love yourself, I love you, have a good one, I'll see you next time. Peace! Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social at Moby Dickert and learn more about me and the podcast at thomasdickert.com.